You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, guys, thanks for sticking with us here at Jolly Rogers and touchdowns for our Falcons versus Bucks game review. It's time to talk about some defense. Might be your favorite part or unit or aspect of the team, if you will. I know growing up, it was all about the defense for me. I liked those heavy-hitting linebackers and the exciting contact that you somewhat have and somewhat don't have anymore these days. And the good news, Kaylee, is the fact that this defense performed a lot better than they did last week versus the Chiefs. So that's a plus. That's, that's something that we talked about needed to happen. 100%. I yeah. mean, they they suffocated this Falcons offense for like three quarters. They they really did a fantastic. And so, I mean, this doesn't happen often. And I, we talked about this on, I think, either Tuesday or Thursday's podcast where I the defense, what they went through last week with the Chiefs, giving up, giving up more than 40 points. And that was just the third time Todd Bowles in the Tampa Bay defense has ever allowed 40 points in a game Mm -hmm. since I think like 2019. So really putting up and, and making the Falcons put up zeros for three quarters, not letting them move. I mean, they just really had it locked in. There was almost nothing that the Falcons could do. And you do have to, take into account the Falcons are missing two of their top guys. So, I mean, that probably is a little bit of a help, but oh, even yeah. still this Bucks defense really showed themselves to be back in that category of like, this is an elite defense. And back last week was just a fluke. And that was, my, yeah. that was the case that I made. I was like, I think last week was just a fluke. Absolutely. But they had to prove it this week and they came out and I, and I think, for the most part, they proved that last week was just a fluke mm-hmm. and that this is the defense that you can have confidence in and they can play lights out. And they did that for most yeah. of them. Yep. And like I said, you, you hit it on the head there with it being a fluke. And maybe it was the backyard ball that, that, that Patrick Mahomes delivers. It was just really hard to game plan for. But, you know, they mentioned it last week. They weren't making their tackles. They were just kind of really scattered. Um, they weren't executing on what their coverages should have been and their schemes. There was a lot of miscues back there. So this looks like a more pieced together team. And as you just mentioned, Kaylee, yeah, they, they, they got back in the conversation of being one of the best defenses. You know, they came in with five sacks and with guys, one guy that you just, you got to mention Jolly Roger fans. I have said week in and week out. It's going to be Joe Tryon Shanka time. It's going to oh be Joe gosh, Tryon Shanka yes. time. I go feel on. like Joe Tryon Shanka is going to get it. He's going to do it. What did Joe Tryon Shanka do? He finally stopped making me look like a hopeless, hopeless romantic here on this podcast that has so much hope in him thinking that this is going to be the day that he just glows and shows up and he did it guys. He showed up. So while he may have not been top of the pack when it came to tackles, combined tackles, assist tackles and all that fun statistical stuff, he got to wrap up on a sack and you could just feel how much he has been waiting for that moment, that full execution, not a half sack, but that full, all him, you know, all gas, no breaks let like load in on a sack and he got that on a running quarterback, which should always be a little bit more of an honorable mention in my case. Like if I played 
defensive end or outside linebacker or any guy that gets to touch the quarterback. It would be a highlight for me if it was a, a running quarterback, as Shaq Barrett has mentioned. Shaq Barrett kind of was a little lower in the tackling pack today, which was interesting. You didn't really hear or see much of him in a in a splashy fashion, but five sacks for this defense, which was awesome. Logan Hall collected his second NFL career sack. So that's something to be really excited about and to look forward to, Bucks fans, because this is a kid who another quiet person. You can't really get a read on him. You just know he has this tremendous work ethic. He's getting acclimated in the system. He's getting up to NFL speed. He had a lot of great conversation circulating around him coming out of Houston, and he's starting to really show what that next level Logan Hall is going to look like. So I love seeing him in the sack action. I love seeing JTS in the sack action. And then last week, Kaylee, post game, I mentioned to you, I'm like, we didn't hear much of, of Antoine Winfield Jr., his name has been kind of silent. Well, he led the team in tackles today, which thankfully, and he also got a sack, which you love to freaking see. Antoine wow. Winfield Jr. Is a, is a safety, guys. I think he's barely like 5'10", maybe barely 5'. Well, 5'9 is a little exaggeratory, but, you know, small statured <laughs> guy makes his hits count. And whenever this dude gets a gets a sack, it's just it's exciting. It's fun to watch. It's I don't know. It, there, I, I, I run out of words to describe just how much you enjoy seeing that. And once he lets off from that sack and the way that he just dances around the field, he's like a little bolt of thunder. <laughs> he's exciting. He's very exciting. And, I, and I'm pretty sure that he, he was the first, or if not second sack of the game. Like he, he really kind of got things going for this yes. defense. Uh, and, and really kind of let the the spark exactly from the get go. Like, Hey, you're not like, if you put yourself at risk, like we're going to come and we're going to get you Mm -hmm. and you love to see it. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where both teams did a really good job of protecting the ball today. There, there, there weren't any fumbles. There weren't any interceptions. Um, but you put that aside, you look at what this defense was able to do and from different spots, like in the deep, right. From like the guys on the line, but even like the guys out there, right. Like they're Mm -hmm. all contributing. They're all making themselves known. And that's really, really important that it's not, it's not the same guy every week, Casey, that we're talking about on defense. Some weeks it's Carlton Davis. Some weeks it's Antoine Winfield Jr. Some, you know, like some weeks it's Jamel Dean. Like we're talking about different names every single week. And you know what that shows me? A, this is a cohesive unit. B, this is a team that has depth. And that they don't, you, you know, if one guy is on, that guy's going to shine. And they're going to continue to enable that guy to shine. Mm-hmm. Defense is one of those positions where you, it really, it like hypes you up. The more great plays you make, the more you feel confident. And like, the more you feel like I'm going to go out there and I'm going to like eat this man alive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and it's so true. And so it's just one of those things where it's like confidence breeds confidence in, mm-hmm. in that realm. And it's so good to see that different guys are getting confident. Different mm-hmm. guys are stepping up. Different guys in different moments are are getting the the spotlight to shine. Or um, some guys are waking up finally. Exactly. Yep. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. On that note, I mean, I mean, 
what's a guy that you you're you're really impressed with and i i know that you have somebody in mind tell me who <laughs> who you're thinking of that you're like thank you for hello <laughs> hello welcome to the chat or as i like to tweet all the time so and so has entered the chat exactly. uh Rogers fans vita vea entered the chat today he decided hey I'm going to make up for kind of an embarrassing performance all season long, maybe, you know, since week two, uh, week three, week four, for sure. And all of a sudden got in on some action. So Vita Vea was one of the five sacks today and it was necessary. This man got paid. This man has a big task on his shoulders and you can't come into a season like this where everybody's really hoping that they piece together the exact formulated roster to take this team to the Super Bowl. They don't want to just get knocked out in playoffs. They want to go play in the Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl, and send Brady out with his final ring, that eighth ring. So a big component of that is Via Vea eating up that interior, that inside, getting to the quarterback, making that other offensive line dread the moment they stepped on the field to face Vita Vea. Vita Vea was that name that almost aligned with Michael Myers. It was terrifying. And that terror was just eradicated. It, it didn't exist the first couple of weeks. And not that it really popped back in today, guys. I'm not going to jump off the deep end here. But, <laughs> you know, for him to get a sack, to see how how reveled up he got getting that sack, to see how he kind of responded after every single play, I think Vita Vea is fully aware of the fact that he definitely has strides that he needs to make. And he needs to make them sooner rather than later, like weeks ago. So, off to a good start having that sack today being um being a being a piece of that con conductor if you will being a, one of the conductors on the defense today aside from him though it was really you saw Devin White do Devin White things um he was somewhat in on the Vita Vea sack and he did his cowboy celebration and then you got Winfield Jr <laughs> a couple steps behind him doing the same celebration a, a great tweet went went around during the game that's like get you a friend like Antoine Winfield Jr uh shout out to Jill for that one cuz that was great you want a friend who's going to celebrate you just as much as you do and um that's what was going on so yeah we definitely saw the defense still remain somewhat chill even though they were picking up some pretty big plays um my biggest note though would be that the first half and Kaylee, this really kind of plays into what you said in the beginning of the segment, you know, offense, better start, better adjustments, first half, second half, what happened uh, defense, you know, really held this Falcons team down. They were almost shut out. And then, you know, they only let up, I think what kicked things off for them was letting the Falcons into the end zone and stuff. And the Falcons threw some things their way. Again, Marcus Mariota likes to use his feet. They had some trick plays in there. All of a sudden, Felipe Franks is a tight end and not a quarterback. That threw me for a whirl. I was like, wait a minute. I know that name. He went to school with his brother. Felipe Franks plays quarterback. When did he turn into a tight end? Jeez. That was a whole conversation that uh, I, I went nuts about. But, yeah, you're going to throw some funky things out there and it takes a minute to adjust and, and know what you're queuing in on. But it was the fourth quarter for me where this defense really let off the gas. And I get it. At that point, as you mentioned, Kaylee, the offense had had multiple too many three and outs, which keeps your defense on the field, which, you know, starts exhausting them as a, as a unit and as an option. Devin White said something really stupid after the game, though. Like – Oh, when you're doing something along the lines of when you're doing so well, sometimes you just get like lax or something or like it's not your job to get lax. It's your job to play four quarters of football. So please don't ever say that again. Yeah. Um, 
But they did let off the gas in the fourth quarter and allowed the Falcons to get within reign of potentially stealing that win. Um, They had no business getting to 15, you know, when the Bucs had a 21 lead and they were really struggling to get past seven. So it was the fact that they went from managing third downs so well in the first half, which is something that they sucked at last week. So I was excited to see that. And then all of a sudden come second half, they're still doing okay, okay, okay. And then on third down, a big pass, a big play would happen from the Falcons. And then it ended up getting swapped over and they lived to see another down. So thankfully I got to ask Coach Bowles about that after the game because I was really itching to see. And anybody who has any interest in this career, it's one of those moments that I just want to kind of put everyone at ease. Inhale, exhale. When you're terrified to ask something, just ask because – I, I hear things, I see things, and I wonder, am I am I seeing this correctly? Am I am evaluating this correctly? And sometimes you don't know until you ask. So thankfully, I got to ask Coach Bowles after I was just like, inhale, exhale, speak, Casey, <laughs> on the defense's third down management in the first half versus the second half, what his thoughts were. And he said, we won the distance of how we wanted to play them with the third and minus seven in the first half. I thought they won the second half, keeping it third and short or less. This is a team, by the way, I'm not quoting this anymore. This is a team that's really good with third and short management. That was said a lot leading into this game. Um, So it was kind of a tell of two halves. We started out well, understood what we had. They are very good third and short team. We try to keep them out of that. They got some third and one opportunities in the second half that they took advantage of. So it was just that, you know, they started mismanaging a very, very crucial down. And if they can play all four quarters, Kaylee goes back to what you've said from the beginning of the season. They are contested to be one of the top defenses in this league and very much unstoppable. Yeah. And I think the scary part, and, and again, I hinted at it before, the scary part in today's game was that the defense let off the gas. And I think that's probably the correct terminology to use because mm-hmm. they they knew exactly what this offense was doing, this Falcons offense, and they had it, I mean – the way that the coaching staff really prepared this defense for the structure and the schemes that this Falcons offense was going to run. I mean, credit to them because for Mm -hmm. three quarters, they shut this Falcons offense out. And then right when the defense lets up, the offense starts struggling. And that made it scary for a moment where you thought with like almost four minutes to go, this Falcons team has a shot to come back and not just tie the game, but a touchdown for them would win it. Right. And they had enough time to be able to do it. Now that's not how it, it, it panned out. And there were a few things that happened and that, that, you know, it made it okay, but you can't put yourself in that position offensively or defensively. Right. Right, right now we're talking about the defense mm-hmm. and defensively they let up. Mm -hmm. And that's just not something that you can do. You can't ever put yourself out of a game in that kind of way. Uh, You can't let a team, I mean, you can't let a team score 15 points in one quarter. You held them to nothing for three quarters. Then all of a sudden. 15 up on you? You let them get a two-point conversion? Like, that was... That was the part that really set me off the deep end. Yeah. Because 
You do it. You accomplish a two-point conversion. That should have been your flashy moment. That should have been your runway moment of the game that nobody else can come and collect on, and then here you go. Let them have it too. Who plays like that? Yeah, it it, it was utterly – it left me scratching my head because – to further go out, but it's going to be a little bit more harsh than what Todd Bowles was. It didn't feel like the tale of two halves. It felt like the tale of uh, a team that is executing and a team that is not. And I think mm-hmm. that's what was happening. Like they knew how to execute. It's not that yep. the Falcons were making like a crazy ton of adjustments. They just stopped executing on what they were previously executing well. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's the biggest frustration point. Because when the defense is on, they truly, truly are one of the best defenses, if yeah. not the best defense in their like division. But maybe in the NFL. I mean, like the, this is a really, really good defense. Um, yeah. And I mean, like even what they were able to do with the run game. Like this is a real, a really strong running team. They, they. Mariota was their biggest threat today. They average over 160 yards per game, Casey. The defense mm-hmm. kept them to 150. So, I mean, they they executed well enough to win, but not well enough to be to beat other teams, you know, yeah. and, and because they're going to face, and I, again, I'm not downplaying this Falcons team, but they're going to face even stronger teams than this Falcons Absolutely. Team. And yeah. you have to execute, play in and play out. I'm going to reference this because it just stuck out in my brain. It, when we're, when we were talking to some of the lightning players in this past NHL Stanley cup run that they had, they mm-hmm. said that once you win the Stanley cup, that you play every single, um, every single time you're out there, you are playing as if it might be the very last time. Because yeah. you don't know, because you don't know if you're going to win or you don't know at the end of the, at the end of the game, at the end of the series, you don't know what play is going to lead to something else. It's going to lead mm-hmm. to the goal. It's going to lead to this. It's going to lead to that. And that's what I didn't see in this team today. I didn't yeah. see them in the fourth quarter. I did not see them play every single down as if it was their last down, as if it really mattered. Yeah. To win a championship, that's the mentality that you have to have. And this whole team has to buy into that mentality. So Mm -hmm. that's my biggest critique because I see in this team a team that can be a championship caliber, but they have to start executing all four quarters. Consistently. Absolutely. I don't think there's any other better way to put that than, than how you just said it. Um, so we'll leave defense with that. Honestly, I think if anything, it's time to just switch back to that positive. <laughs> note. Let's fix some standout players. You know, we, they got the W we're proud of them. Um, still a pretty interesting game to watch, but I think yeah. it's agreed on, on, on all fronts. Fourth quarter still has to be a seal the deal full executed you know, highly motivated quarter for them.